This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and not bright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburned with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature, let them not to the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease, whatever living beings they may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another, or despise any beings in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another, even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child. So with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, it's not born again into this world. Sadhu, sadhu. Very good. Okay, welcome back. Thank you very much. Ajahn, that was what? Now you muted, I think. Uh, Chris is muted. What happened? I think we may have lost Chris. He's been having problems. He's a problem with this. Uh, that's always thing with this uh, with the <clears throat> online teachings these days. They never know what happens. But let, but when waiting Chris to come back, I can just introduce myself if you didn't um, uh, didn't hear it before. So my name is Ajahn Mudito. Indeed, I'm um, from Finland originally. I've been in Australia now since 2010. Um, came here to ordain um, with Ajahn Brahm. I've never been outside a monastery in Australia, so I'm just 
I'm Aussie now, but I'm really I don't know anything about Australia because <laughs> I've never been outside of Australia. So um, I did think about today what um, what should I teach? Because I sort of I was just landed on this gig quite suddenly. Uh, I I just came here to Perth uh, or Bodhinyana on Friday. I, I I took a little break from. We are building a retreat center in. Um, it's uh, it's just like an hour and a half from Melbourne. We have, it's a Buddhist society of Victoria, and um, we have a Newbury Buddhist monastery, and I'm there helping uh, the retreat center build. It's important to have this kind of centers where people people can come. You have a bit more time on in solitude, um, so we're hoping this center will be very successful. I think a lot of people will enjoy the place, and it will be very nice in. We, the building project is delayed quite a bit, but you know, things happen, it doesn't matter so much, but um, I'm there helping. That I used to be part in the building industry, so it's easy for me to do this kind of supervising work and that, that kind of things. So anyway, so I was just, um, this morning I was looking around, you know, like I haven't been really back in Borinana here in the monastery in Western Australia for year and four months, almost a year and a half now, so times go quickly. And it's interesting I come back here and I, because I lived here for 10 years, everything is, it's almost like I grew up here as a monk, or I did grow up in the monk, but it, it's almost like the good old days when you've been somewhere 10 years and you go somewhere for a while. And I look around and I see everything, all the buildings, and I talk all the monks, see all my friends, all the, the uh, what we call diacus, the supporters come here, uh, create and meet everybody. And one thing I, I went to the uh, library, and it, the library really here in Bolinyana has a, a good memories for me because in the in the beginning, I um, when I came to monastery, my engine was pretty hot, so to speak. I, uh, I was quite busy, I, I did a lot of um, sports and I, um, I was working hard, I studied same time while I was working, so I was full-time work and I, I was full-time uh, school as well, um, so I was always really busy, when I was one of those busy, busy people, so when I came to monastery, like I said, my engine was really hot, so I ended up spending a lot of time in the library, in here in Bodhiyana. Because uh, I needed to distract myself somehow, and at that time we didn't have any um, emails here in the monastery, we didn't have internet here for a long time. So the library sort of became a hang, hang around place, so I, I read a lot of things, and it's still I could see that all the backs of the book, they're like, I read that, I read that, oh that's an interesting book, I remember that, and this and that. But there was one thing I, um, there was just happened to be this little booklet on the, on the table there, on the desk and downstairs in the library, and it was um, interviews from, um, from various monks, they went to see this, there's a sort of quite a famous monk in Thailand, in our circles, his name is Ajahn Chachai, sometimes they call him Maha Chachai. He lives in a Bangkok, he's a very interesting monk, he actually comes from a very rural um, countryside, and he stayed first in a, a rural monastery, what you call forest monasteries. And he went to the Bangkok, he went to this monastery, it's really, it was a little bit of outskirts in Bangkok those days when he went there. These days it's like, it's the city. 
and it's literally there's um, um, uh, this over these uh, railway lines going really close by to the monastery where he stays and the, the monks they ask him could you please um, but uh, please stay with us because he was the only one at that time who actually knew how to recite Padimokha. And um, so they asked him, Bhante, we don't have anybody. Uh, he wasn't, I think, even Ajahn at that time. He wasn't over 10, uh, ten raids, what we call Ajahn in Thailand. And like I'm called Ajahn now, since because I have 11, I've been a monk 11 years. Um, so he stayed in that monastery. He never ended up leaving. He never ended up going back to his, um, where he came from, that cruel um, background. And um, he also has become famous, I and mean, he's been a famous for a long time now in, like I said, in our circles, in the Thai forest Sangha amongst the Westerners, of somebody who can really teach loving kindness, metta. And um, there was this uh, little booklet there, somebody, one of our monks, Venable Kassabang, is now going to Thailand. He, I think he's just unloaded things he had stored away, or I don't know why, he left this little booklet there downstairs, somebody else to file away. So I was looking around, I went downstairs, I saw the little booklet and I said, I recognize it, yeah, oh, Ajahn Chachai. And uh, I remember going to see Ajahn Chachai, when, one time I was, I went to pilgrimage in India. And if you ever get a chance, just go to India, it's a bit of a, it's an interesting place to visit. Uh, but it, there's a lot of, it brings a lot of faith in there actually, when you're, when you're Buddhist, it brings a lot of, good feelings when you sort of follow the Buddha's footsteps. So I went to this pilgrimage and um, then we landed on Bangkok when you're coming back from India. We went to see Ajahn Chachai and I remember really fondly meeting him and he was really such a beautiful monk and his practice, his only practice is through loving kindness. He never really talks about you know, vipassana or samatha meditation or this and that. It doesn't talk about this uh, technical aspects of Buddhism, which us Westerners, we get really caught up with quite often. So I read this book, uh, little booklet. It was, it's, this booklet is it's just uh, interviews of uh, monks going to meet him. And they kept, uh, they kept adding into this booklet. Many monks met, went to see him. He was, he was first a French monk. He was a quite long, monk, long time. This, this role later on. And then other monks went to see him. They, they kept adding into this booklet. And it was stored into, um, in a hard drive long time ago. It's like literally this could be well, a long, long time ago. Let's say 20 years ago in a hard drive in what Bananacha in the... Uh, the forest monastery, which or the Western monks started in northeast Thailand. So they kept adding into it. It wasn't meant to be like a published or anything, and it, it certainly doesn't look like it. But so these monks interviewed him, and um, the one thing what struck me on that little booklet, what Ajahn Chachai said, there was he reminded a lot of these teachers. Perhaps they were teachers at the time, but a lot of these monks who interviewed or asked questions about him. That look, the practice is, most of the practice is that just remind yourself to be kind, compassionate. Have a compassion and kindness towards yourself in everyday life. He said, 
of all these things, you know, there were like a lot of questions about, you know, how this thing, mind work, this and that. What struck me on that booklet, and I stopped reading really after that, because I realized for myself personally, big problem is, is that everyday life where I beat myself down, I doubt myself, like one of my big defilements for me personally is doubting. And I can really see it obviously because I, I spend a lot of time on myself and I have time to reflect how my mind works. Doubt is a big thing for me. It, for you it could be different. It could be sadness, or it could be you have a lot of anger, you have a lot of resentment. I don't have those things. Obviously I have anger as well. I have sexuality perhaps, as I have, you know, all of those things. Um, uh, but a lot of the things what I, in, in my mind I can see quite often, which is really a thorn in my, in my backside, it's doubting. And when I, I saw that in, um, in this little booklet, that the Ajahn reminding these monks, look, be kind towards yourself. Have compassion towards yourself. That is the starting point of metta. And like I said, with Ajahn Chachai, his teaching is just loving kindness. That's what he teaches. He doesn't teach about dependent origination. He doesn't teach about all these other things, what, what's in the suttas. His teaching is loving kindness. The starting point for loving kindness, he says, is always having compassion, having care, to have a mind which cares about yourself. So I read that and it's just like, of course, I forgot it again. Like, look, I've been practicing now, I've been a monk for 11 years, I've been a so-called Buddhist for about 20 years now. I started um, uh, in this path really 2003 perhaps, really like, really even got into this. I lived in New York and I met Ajahn Brown there. And that's where my path started. But even I, I forget, I forget that is the basic practice, is to have care about myself and it's so easy we get caught up for you you get caught up even more in daily life my day-to-day -day life okay sure i'm supervising this retreat project and we have we need to do fundraising we need to do you know deal with the building my life is sort of sometimes a little bit busy but it's nothing like i'm sure what you have and all the things what pulls you into uh, the day-to-day -day life but I would say, if anything, it's even more important for you to remind yourself, have the mindfulness to care about yourself. Care about your mind. And going, bringing back to my, um, my sort of weakness or the problem I have with my mind is I have that doubt. Or do this because people like me? What, what are these people thinking of me? Did I say the same wrong thing? 
you know, every time I make a phone, not every time, but some, you know, quite often I make a phone call and in my mind I start thinking about how should I speak to this person? You, you, I have this dialogue coming in my mind. Oh, I should be telling this person this way and then I have to, you know, take sometimes quite a while to like contemplate, like oh, I'm going to speak this way. I wonder if they're going to understand me. It's like, that's the doubting mind I have all the time. That, like I said, that's my big thing in my life. And how, well, how do I deal with it? How do I learn to live with it? Is to have care about that. Not to push it away, not to learn to get rid of it, all those things. I have to see that, ah, it's coming in my mind again. Recognize that feeling, learn that, that is my thing what I'm carrying. Otherwise it becomes something I push away, Otherwise it becomes something which I might end up carrying in my body. It could lead into all kind of health problems. So I have to be very careful not to go there. Not to have anxiety in my body. Not to carry it everywhere. I have to learn from this feeling. So for me, I recognize that the doubt is there and I just have this little distance, the, the care, loving kindness, compassion, however you want to call it, gives me the distance to that doubting mind. Oh, that's fine. You, you have the doubt. You sort of like talk yourself a little bit like you talk to a little baby, a little child. You know, you take care of yourself. So I really like that idea. So I, I, more and more I've become, a, you know, like I've grown to uh, be a month for a bit longer and all that. I really take care of myself more like a baby, more and more. Oh, the little mind is, cry, you know, crying. Oh, I have to take care of what I need to now. Let's go have a little lie down. You're tired. That's fine. Perhaps you're, you know, hungry. Let's just, you know, like have a little bit of sugar because we don't eat in the afternoon. Somehow, what, you know, how can I take care of the little crying baby? That's how I have to really sometimes take care of myself. But if you can have care about yourself, have that distance, it's not so bad anymore. If you have the distance to that definement what you have, whether it's doubt, like I have. Whether it's anxiety, we get asked a lot about anxiety. Whether it's anger, a lot of people carry anger. Resentment is a big thing. Somebody hurt you, somebody abused you, somebody said something which weren't, wasn't fair. You carry resentment. Don't you cannot have loving kindness towards that person you have resentment straight away. It will happen, but first you have to have loving kindness towards the feeling of resentment for yourself. Loving kindness, care, compassion starts from you. Turn it around, see the resentment. I'm carrying resentment around. Give it a distance. This distance starts by caring about that feeling. Not pushing it away, not 
always just running away from that. Once in a while, put your foot down, I'm going to care about this feeling. It's as important as anything else. So, like I said, I read that thing on that little booklet, and I remembered, oh gosh, I forgot that thing again. I've, I've been going around now again, doing, I don't and um, I've lost my mindfulness, so to speak. Mindfulness is to have those things with you, and that actually, now that I talk about it, that was in that booklet. Mindfulness is that thing where mindfulness, we've been, you know, many teachers teach mindfulness, and mindfulness could be many things. But mindfulness is wisdom. Mindfulness is wisdom about knowing what to do when. And if you have enough mindfulness, enough wisdom, you understand that's true. For me, when I read, I read that little thing on that booklet, I said, that's true. I should be having more compassion towards myself. That is wisdom. That is actually, in Buddhist terms, that's wisdom. So I, had, I thought that was really quite a nice thing what happened this morning. Well, um, just before lunch when I went to the library, so I thought I'd share you the story. And um, that's, I think, enough for the introduction. It's 9.27 now, something like that. Oh, sorry, 7.27. Uh, I don't have my classes, so I'm just sort of peeking through. Um, so I think we can have a meditation now. Meditation lasts, I don't know, how long you meditate usually? 40 minutes? Chris, put hands up is 40 minutes? Yeah, okay, 40 30 minutes. minutes. 30 minutes? Okay, you want to go 30? Okay, Marlene goes 30. So let's do, okay, so it's 7, let's call it 7.30ish now. So around 8ish, I'll ring the bell and see how we go. So please take a comfortable seat, get all your blankets and cushions ready. Wiggle your bum on the, on the cushion. Take a little sip from my water, my mouth is dry. Make sure you're all comfortable. And let's see how this meditation goes. I'm going to do a little guided, uh, guided start on this. And then then I'm going to stay silent until towards the end, and towards the end and we, we do a little, I come back and do a slight guided ending of the meditation. So you can either leave your camera on or take it off if you need to go and eat them, eat, eat, go into the fridge while, while meditating. But um, as long as you, you're comfortable. Like I said, um, have your cushion as comfortable as possible. We will be sitting for 30 odd minutes. And when you're ready, just close your eyes and breathe in a couple times deeply. Sometimes meditation is thought like it's sports activity, but it's not. Meditation is about just relaxing. So don't worry about anything. For a while we're just relaxing. And I think all of you 
know how to relax. It's not that difficult. Make sure you, all your clothes are nice and loose. So if you feel anything in your body, it might not be perfectly comfortable. Now it's time to let it loose. Then when you're sitting there, Feel the whole body as a unit. You've been running around all day here in WA, or you're waking up into a new morning somewhere. But the body is always there with you. The body is like a city. All the parts of the city have to work in harmony, otherwise you have all kind of congestions. The traffic holds, all the sewer pipe holes in your, in your guts. Or the heart doesn't pump correctly if it's not relaxed. But once the body is relaxed, everything flows quite nicely. All these things are working in harmony. And the more relaxed you are, the more soft and harmonious your body is. So just breathe in with this body. Let the softness of the breath relax the body. You're breathing in softness and breathing out of any kind of Tension. This kind of breathing is perhaps a bit more active. You're actually putting in a little bit of effort to breathing in. You can take a deep breath and just really sigh out. any kind of worries you have. Quite often we body contemplation in the beginning. This time 
we go through the body quite quickly. We're just going to make sure that the body is comfortable. We're not going to sit here too long, so don't worry about if there's a little bit of tension somewhere. And starting from your feet, legs to your pelvis. Make sure your legs all the way to your pelvic bone are nice and comfortable on your seat. Back is nice and comfortable. Relaxed and soft. Resting on the chair or upright if you're sitting upright on a cushion. Make sure your tummy is nice and soft. I hope you don't have any kind of stomach problem. And let your stomach be nice and relaxed. Quite often we worry with our stomachs. Just be kind towards your tummy. Like you would be kind towards the tummy of somebody you really care about. And this, this time we really care about ourselves. So care about the stomach of ours. It's very important. And the same thing with your shoulders. You've been carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Really care about your shoulders and your neck. Then your right shoulder droop down. And same with your left shoulder. your neck, really, really care about your shoulders. Hopefully your whole body Below your neck feels soft. Hopefully, you really have a care about your body. 
can almost imagine those things inside of there. The lungs doing their job, bringing in the fresh air and exhaling the used oxygen. Heart pumping away the fresh, freshly oxygenated blood into different parts of the body. The liver doing its job, all the things inside of you working in harmony. Then one thing which we really have to take care of is our heads. A lot of the problem starts in this life with our big heads, heavy heads. Let's go around the skull first, around our head. Starting from the neck, going up. Feel the tension around the neck and behind the skull. Going up on the top of the skull. different kind of feelings where you're putting your effort into the mindfulness weather. And then going from the top of the skull, your forehead. Make sure your forehead is nice and soft. You don't need Botox. You need kindness on your forehead. Pay attention to the muscles around your eyes. Again, you don't need Botox around your eyes. What you need is kindness. Make sure you have kindness around your eyes. Feel your cheekbones. And the muscles around your jaw. And let them relax. Relax, be kind towards the jaw, and your whole face.
and we give kindness and care. to everything what happens in our minds. There might be quietness now because you've been listening to me. But when I go silent soon, and you'll be observing it. Watch it. Look, observe, however you want to put it, your mind, with kindness. Have a distance to your mind, that dialogue. And then, if you have a more pause in the dialogue, See if the breath appears out of there. If it appears, have kindness towards the breath. When the breath disappears and you go into dialogue, have kindness towards that. Whatever appears, Your job is to be kind and observe.
we are coming to the end of the meditation. But I give you five more minutes. Five more minutes. Really carefully now. Turn your observation into the breath. Really start looking the soft breath coming in and out.
now turn your attention back to your body. Feel how your body feels. Does it feel like it's working or in harmony? Is your body more soft now? Does your body feel more at ease? And what about your mind? Is there overall sense of well-being in your mind? Is there quietness? Softness and care. Those are the things we should be carrying around all our lives. I will ring the bell now to end the meditation. And then you can open your eyes. Very good. Okay. Is there any questions or comments, please? Now is the time so we can have a bit of a discussion. Please, if you'd like to ask a question, please unmute yourselves and uh, feel free to ask. Okay. Thank you. I just remember. Catherine. Ask a question. <clears throat> Thank you, Venerable. Um, a really lovely introduction to meditation. Um, I'm wondering, and not only introduction, just a reminder of the central role of, of care for oneself. Um, I'm wondering if you have any suggestions in applying it um, to a younger self who might have um, not necessarily significant trauma, but just, you know, the normal bumps and lumps and mm -hmm. difficulties of, of growing up. Yeah. Well, we, um, one thing you... It's interesting, we all have those things, so it's, I think it's good to remember that the lumps and bumps are there, that um, we all have them. 
there's nobody really immune to those things. So I think there's no. Um, it's actually sometimes you look at those things like it's almost with the, the learning experience in a sense that I experienced these things and because of that I know how to um, how difficult it is for everybody else. So you know how to care others. If you never had any problems in life, I don't know, everybody had problems, but if you would technically if you would never have you you would really never know how to care. The, I think one of the, uh, it just came to my mind that the, once in a while, this we quite often we try to maybe heal the trauma or try to do something about it. But once in a while you have to remember, you can actually just drop it. You don't have to carry it everywhere you go. Um, put your attention somewhere, like really, uh, it's interesting, I was just thinking about the, the booklet I read. Um, Ajahn Chacha was saying that the, when you walk, walk softly. When you sit, sit softly, all those things. So once in a while, you actually physically slow down everyday life. You're walking softly wherever you go. You actually do physically more like um, it's like a mindfulness practice. When you actually once in a while try to get out of those um, things what happened in our past we, we feel guilt or whatever the feeling is from the past the wisdom um, should kick in that look it's not me it's not mine I just carry it around because I want to carry it around. You can actually drop it. It sometimes it sounds like more difficult than it is, but to actually just any moment, once in a while the wisdom kicks in and you only feel your feet when you're walking. So um, those things, yeah, I mean, the Buddha said that life is suffering, and we can see life is suffering. There's like if you if you never if you never never looked into that, if you never openly were um, were aware of that, how much suffering there is in life, you just go through the life through with the blinders on. So um, I think that that's the. We can have this little distance. We were always trying to say, loving kindness should bring your distance. Care should you, you know, bring your distance to that. Um, when you when you fight with the problem, you are so with it. You when you try to push it away, it's you who's pushing away. The, the problem is so close to you. You are having this little fight, and you are creating more and more problem. When you have kindness, softness. You're actually creating a distance to that that problem, however you want to, whatever that, if you call it trauma, however you want to. And quite often, I think, if you start going, you know, calling it trauma, this happened to me, all those things, we label it in a sense that it already sounds really negative. So, um, um, don't try to label them in that way. 
you know, if you label it as a, you know, or not to label it in any ways, perhaps, because otherwise it, it becomes you. It's you, you have experienced this thing. I don't know if that helps, but I think the only, really, I will say what comes to my mind now that, it, you know, I try to have distance to that, and the, I think that kindness and softness really gives that. So don't, don't make it in a fight, and just like being this big ball of you, you in there, it's you who's, who's having the problem. Very good. Is there anybody else? But it's interesting, yeah, once in a while it's nice to walk softly. We forget. We forget uh, what softness is. It's actually a physical thing you can do. Talk softly when you're writing emails. Speak softly, speak kindly to others. Is there anything else? Was there anything on Chris on the, on the chat there or nothing? Uh, there's nothing in the chat yet at the moment uh, that I can see. Um, there is, is one in the chat. Yep, there is one. Yep. I'll read it out. Uh, can I please ask the question? Some are affected by the full moon. How do we allow ourselves to settle when others around us may be one of those? Uh-huh. Full moon. Hmm. Uh, uh, Wow, I've never been asked that question before. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, it's interesting actually, now that I think of that. The Buddha said, you know, many things can affect us. And the, the one of the things that, like, it's actually, this is in the Buddhist scriptures. The Buddha said, the weather affects us. Affects us. And so, you know, you could say the moon affects us. However you want to call those things, bad digestion uh, affects your mind. Um, it's hard for me to um, sort of um, understand, like for me, the only thing I can think of, like I can't go to sleep because it's a bit too light on those moon days, but the, but the, you, it's nice to see that it's, a lot of things are out of our control, a lot of your bodily things could be, could be the moon affecting you, could be the weather, could be your, you know, bad digestion, but we take it as ourselves. Your digestion might be bad and you're in a bad mood and then you're just sort of protecting yourself and it's like, I'm in a bad mood and you, then you, you know, it becomes you, you, you. Try to have distance to that, the idea of self again, you know, perhaps it's a little bit of the same answer I came previously, but the, the really is the you what is the problem. It's not the bad digestion day, bad tummy day, like you know, sometimes we call it, I have a lot of bad dummy days because I have bad digestion. Whether it's the moon day or some, some other things affects you. It's, it's nice to see that it's not you. Your body is out of your control. Your mind is out of your control because your, you know, your body affects your mind, the weather affects your mind, the moon affects your mind, however it is. Don't take it too personally. Have it have kindness towards that, have, um, 
Yeah, different kind of reflections help. Today we did the kindness and softness and caring, and that's one of the reflections. There's other ones, and I'm sure there's other teachers have thought uh, those things here. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, that quite often we take these things uh, um, quite often self. Like I, I know for myself, like I said, like I have the bad, bad stomach quite often. So I, you know, that thing, I get crumpy and all that. I have a bad tummy day. And then I beat myself down that I'm, you know, I'm not being, uh, I'd be too, be too quick with others and all that. I just cannot tolerate others too well. But then it's like, ah, oh, it's the stomach which is causing these things. And then just that awareness, mindfulness, brings more distance, it brings a little bit of distance to that, to the fact that it's like, oh, I'm crumpy. Ah, but it's because of my stomach. My stomach is out of my control. It's just nothing to do with me. It's the, you know, it's the nature. It's a human body. That is wisdom. And that's what I've learned over the years. Very good. Anything else? She said, yeah. they put in the thank you, thank you, that was the perfect answer. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Is there any, anything else coming? No more in the uh, chat. Chris, something? Yes, there's a comment. Martha, they do you want to say something? More. No? Oh, they they asked? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, Martha, from Lake Married. Yes, I was just wondering, you were talking about doubt, doubt that yeah. you're a doubter. Mm-hmm. How can you tell? Can you give me some, I have a hard time with doubt. I'm usually in restlessness and worry. That's where I am. But uh, uh, um, well, how can you identify doubt? And I, I really, I also do appreciate this thing about resentment very much because I'm trying hard to work with it, and it was very helpful to think of loving kindness first towards the resentment and whatever's coming up in my own mind before I can really let that go, because I'm really not letting it go. But anyway, doubt, can you tell me how you identify? Can you just talk about what doubt feels like and what is it about? Right, okay. Isn't it interesting that you know, like... Yeah, right. Um, so it is interesting that you like you, if you, if you don't have that, it's sort of it's it's like it's out of your like you don't know you don't recognize it in yourself. Yeah, and for me because it's on my face, I recognize it really easy. But uh, for me, it's those things that my inner dialogue is like um, it's um, why do I label as a doubt because. Um, it's interesting. I don't know why I labeled it as doubt, but it, it it becomes this strong emotion of like I'm I'm questioning myself. There's always like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you sure, like you know how to teach meditation? Are you sure you know about you know how to be a monk? Are you? And then that that thing that inner dialogue in my mind is asking all these things that is like I'm I'm reflecting what others might be thinking of me. And it quite often the, the thoughts in my mind are negative. It's not like I think, 
oh, I'm sure they think I'm really good. I'm sure they they um, they realize that, like I'm, I know what I'm talking about. No, it's it's the it's the opposite for me. So I'm all the time thinking, oh, they probably notice that I don't know what I'm talking about. So I I see that dialogue in my head, and interesting thing for me is that when I don't have time to meditate that much when I'm busy with the with my work duties and with building the retreat center like I said earlier the doubt is stronger but when I'm really um, I do more meditation I have more time to be mindful and soft and all that and obviously I'm a monk so I have way more time than most of you the doubt disappears and when it, it sort of just fades away, and when it comes back, and I realize, oh, I don't like this. It's here again. I, that one, what actually brings me sort of like uh, awareness. Ah, I haven't been meditating or being mindful enough. That is something where like, how do you know that your mindfulness or meditation is not going well? is to start seeing your defilement. You see your, for you, you said restlessness, however you want to, you know, call it. You start saying, ah, I've been really restless. It's because I haven't been meditating enough. For me, that dialogue comes back and the volume gets a bit too loud. I was like, okay, slow down. Let's meditate more. Let's be more mindful get the dial down and it disappears and it's really nice. It's really pleasant when I don't have that doubt in mind. It's a, my life is really nice. Mm. Thank you for that. And also to that doubt you were talking about, you, you conceived of it as well. You were talking to people. <clears throat> There's this dialogue about, oh, it's going to be good, it's going to be great. You know, we're going to get what they need. Am I saying the right thing? I, I think we were talking about the exact same thing, really. Mm. I, think, I mean, look, it's, it's, it is different for, for everybody. Like I said, it's different, Martha, for everybody. And, uh, but I would say one thing you have to, you see, have to see the benefits of meditating. You have to see the benefits of being mindful. And those are the, one of the things where you have to start recognizing, oh, I'm doing the same patterns again. And to be out, you only see that you are that you see the benefits really when you're out of it. Until then, you're, you're in the water. You're, you're, the water level is above your eyeballs. You don't see anything. Once the water goes a little bit of, and you can start breathing, it's below, you can start seeing more clearly. Until then, it's, you're below. Your, your head is below the waterline. So that's why we do meditate, and why we meditate, and that's why we be mindfulness, have mindfulness practices to actually see those things. I have that. That's my vice in life. Thank you for that. No worries. I really appreciate it. Good. I appreciate listening to y'all so much. <laughs> that's good. Anything else? Otherwise, I'm gonna call it a night. Um, going once, going twice, third time? Yeah. Okay, yes, Melanie, of course. Uh, thank you very much, Ajahn. It was very, very helpful. Um, 
I, it's not that I have the same problem, but I have trouble uh, decide between two things. And I, I'm not sure it's doubt. I see it more like if I pick one, then it's not the best best choice, or, or if I pick the other one, and it's kind of trying to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's maybe like a very um, how do you say, fault-finding mind, and not, not being kind towards myself, and trying to be perfect, uh, but not kind about myself, because um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm very clear about that. So, so, so what you said was very, very helpful, and sometimes I say to myself, it's okay, I, I don't, it's hard for me to pick up one choice over another, Mm -hmm. um, so thank you very much for all your example and your teaching and thank you very much. Okay. Yep. You're welcome. There was really no question there, but you know, thank you for thanking me. <laughs> yeah. But it is true. I mean it's sometimes we it's hard to recognize. Whatever like I said, we have different things and I you know, perhaps different traumas or different things from our childhood we were taught to be perfectionist on this, you know. Perhaps your parents always push you that way, so you're always trying to get everything right. Whatever you, and it doesn't. It doesn't mean you have to have a label towards that. Whatever you have, it's you. You just sort of try to turn a bit more in and see that you have. You know, this is why I'm behaving. My whole life, I've been doing this kind of thing, and you have kindness towards that feeling. Whatever that comes up. Doesn't have to, you don't have to have a label, like I said, doubt or guilt or anxiety. Whatever those things you start seeing, you're physically behaving in a certain way. When you're, oh, I'm physically doing this, have kindness towards that. And when you're doing it with softness, you're trying to be perfectionist. It's hard to be actually perfectionist when you're really kind or very soft. Those things don't, you know, they don't go hand in hand. So I think that will... Actually, for that, it would be easy to say that, yeah, if you really are a softer person, then the perfectionism, again, I think it will slide quite nicely, it would disappear. So, and it's nice to be above the water level for a while, being a perfectionist. I'm sure it's a lot of work. Okay, so now we're going once, twice, three times, gone, gone. Oh, no, Chloe has a question. Yes, great. Um, what you have said just remind me, uh, I heard like Adam Brown say one time that when you're, uh, if you originally meditate for one hour per day and if you are busy, you should meditate two hours. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem with me is that I find that if I'm really busy, and kind of stressful, I just don't want to meditate. Is there a reason behind it, or is there is that just natural thing? Yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, you, you, I think you look meditation slightly... Um, you're looking meditation now, it's more like, a, like this quite a rigid thing you want you need to do. So it's almost like you... you you continue in the same kind of busyness into your meditation. That's why we have mindfulness and meditation going hand in hand. 
when you're busy, okay, have busyness with softness. So when you're walking, once in a while remember, ah, maybe I should walk more softly instead of like walking on your heels. Just mindfully walking. You can walk quite fast, but walk softly. Sometimes we don't give enough sort of like um, examples or give people like, oh, we tell, you know, walk mindfully. What does it mean? Well, it could mean something like, yeah, putting softness into your steps and see if that helps. And then, even though you are busy, you've been walking a little bit of, like you, you did 15 minutes of soft walking a day or soft typing emails, then the meditation will be easier because you have softness in your mind. At least you have a little bit more softness. So try that. Yeah, I will try that soft typing email tomorrow during work. Yeah, but a couple few words at the end there. Like, I really enjoyed your replying to your email or something. However, yes, soft typing emails, maybe that's the way. The Buddha said write speech, many, very, very often write speech, but these days we don't have maybe enough speech. We, we should start teaching um, write email writing skills. That, that's maybe a, that's what, what we should be you know, teaching more often instead of right speech. Yeah. But speech is important. It, it affects, like, really, like, we all know how it affects you and we forget how it affects others. Yeah. Um, Marlene, is there anything else on the chat box? or? So, but I've been in the wall. I must apologize for my poor quality of internet connection. That's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Um, Mali, uh, or nothing? Nothing on the chat box? Because I, I don't. No. I think Mali, you you muted. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, yeah. Very clever. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Um, would you be willing to give us a small blessing? before you leave? Okay, sure. Um, look, since we've been doing um, Metta, I do the end of the Metta. Sometimes we do um, quickly this kind of Metta. So I do the time of Metta in Pali. Metta sapalogasmi mana sambhavaye aparimanang uddanga docha tiriyanja sambhadang averanga sapattang dittang jarani sinno vasayano vayavatasso vikadamiddo etang saringaditteya brahma metang niharang idamahudittin janupagamma silava Tassanena sampanno kame suvineya ketang naijadu kapaseyang unareti ti. Very good. Thank you so much for joining. It was nice to see you all, and I hope I see you faster than a year and a half next time, but who knows.